Chris and Pete again here with another Pitch Count podcast. We're coming midweek this week um, to discuss some free agents because we wanted to give our take on them before they actually sign. Chris, what's going on? Not much, man. I'm loving the snow day pod. So glad we got a chance to get it in. That's right. Yeah, one inch of snow apparently means that uh, school is canceled. So here we are. Um, the way we did this, guys, was I broke up the – we broke up the eight best free agents, I guess, remaining on the market, and that was Keuchel, Donaldson, Castellanos, Puig, um, Ryu, Edwin, Betances, and who am I forgetting there, Chris? I think that was eight, right? Ozuna? Uh, Ozuna. Ozuna? There's Ozuna. Um, and so we're, we're going to alternate back and forth. I took four of them. Chris took four of them. And we're going to give our take on where we think they should go. Um, this is like our own fantasy world. This is not necessarily a prediction saying like, here's where this player is going to sign, but more rather like our take on it. So Chris, uh, why don't you start us off, pick one of your four guys and, and let's hear what you thought. All right. I'll start off at the top. My first name is Hyunjin Ryu. Um, he was most recently with my Los Angeles Dodgers, um, you know, this year and pretty much for his entire career, I think up until this point. Um, some early rumors surfaced about him maybe joining the Blue Jays rotation. That hasn't really seemed to work out yet. Um, who knows if they're still pursuing that. But I have two ideal fits for Ryu. One is right back in L.A. Um, I think that they have a need there, and I think that you know they know what they're working with with him. It's a great pitcher's park, good fit for him. Um, he knows what to do. He just had a near Cy Young. Uh, did, did he win the Cy? No, he didn't. It was DeGrom again. Gotcha. He came in second, though. So, you know, it's coming off of, a, you know, a second place for the Cy Young. I think that he would obviously still fit well with the Dodgers organization. But if he's not going to re-sign with the Dodgers, I think that a great landing spot for him would be on the Chicago White Sox. Now, the Chicago White Sox have decided to make some moves to push themselves into an all-in kind of position um, in the American League. They acquired Nomar Mazzara. They also... Um, Obviously, their big signing was uh, Yasmani Grandal this offseason. Um, they've got Eloy Jimenez coming into his second full year in the majors. Really should be exciting to see what he's got there. And then he had breakouts. They had breakouts from like guys like Giolito, called up uh, Dylan Cease, maybe have Michael Kopech coming around. The reason why I love this fit, I don't really love Ryu in an AL park. That's the thing that kind of gets me crazy about this whole scenario. Um I just think he's a low enough strikeout pitcher as it is. And the one thing that we don't need is for him to take away a K from his K per nine because he's no longer facing pitchers. He's facing DHs. But if he's going to end up in the AL, I like him in Chicago with the White Sox. They have some young arms, like I said, with Cease and um, with uh, Kopech. I think that he could really teach them a few things about how to work with a five-pitch mix. I know that Cease has four pitches. I believe that Kopech does as well. Maybe he doesn't use one with as much regularity, but Cease – does tend to work all four of his pitches. So maybe a little guidance from him um, would be good. A little guidance from Ryu uh, to the younger guys. And obviously it would help them compete, you know, because Reynaldo Lopez isn't doing the job really. Kobe isn't doing the job really. And you have big question marks with Cease and with Kopech. I love it. Um, I think that's a great call. I mean, that you, you look at the White Sox projected lineup and there's really not a lot of holes, um, especially when you consider – Engel will be taken out. We'll have Luis Robert in the outfield. They picked up Mazzara, and obviously Eloy will be out there as well. And 
if there was a hole, it's a veteran presence in the rotation. And I think, I think Ryu fits that bill pretty well. I mean, Lopez even had a stretch last year. It was a short stretch, but it was a stretch of like, oh yeah, that's right. That's why he was viewed as such a top prospect. So you take Giolito, Lopez, Cease, and, and um, I'm sorry, uh, Kopik. And you've got like a really talented, but super young rotation. Add in a nice veteran lefty like Ryu. I think that's a pretty good call. Yeah, definitely. They just Chicago would have to put up with him smoking between innings, but that's cool. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's uh, kind of <laughs> wild, but uh, yeah, nice call. All right. Um, for me, the the first name that came out for me was Dallas Keuchel, um, and his market's been a little quiet. Sort of the usual suspects, you know, the teams that have been looking for pitching. Um, you've heard them uh, kind of rumored, I guess. With but the one that I'd be most interested in is the angels. I'd love to see Dallas Keuchel go to the angels. Um, first of all, they need starting pitching. You know, they whiffed on Cole. They didn't get Strasburg. They whiffed on Wheeler. Um, and those were three names that, I mean, I think most people figured they were going to get at least one of them um, by the end of the off season. I haven't really heard any rumors with them surrounding Ryu, uh, who you just mentioned. So maybe he's an option, but again, this is where I want this player to land, not necessarily where he's going to, but they do need starting pitching. So for starters, uh, out of Heaney, Otani, Canning, and Bundy, who are their first four starters right now, only Heaney is a lefty. So Keiko coming from uh, the south side, you know, he's going to give a little bit of a mixture to their rotation there. Um, now think about their infield. Keiko's a ground ball pitcher through and through, the sinker. Um, this infield on the left side is Anthony Rendon and Andrelton Simmons. That's a great left side of the infield to have a ground ball pitcher. Now consider that you have to expect um, that Fletcher is going to see some time at second base. I would love for him to play second base for all of Keuchel's outings through his 600.1 innings at second base for the Angels between 2018 and 2019. Fletcher just made two errors, one fielding error, one throwing error through 600 innings at second base. That's elite at those three infield positions with, with Rendon at third, um, Andrelton Simmons at short and now with Fletcher at second. Now, maybe that means you move Listella to first. You've got Pujols at first, who's no longer as, as good of a defender as he used to be, but I'm not so worried about first base. Listella, by the way, did play five innings at first base, um, last year. Um, but add on the fact that this is a division that Dallas Keuchel has won a Cy Young in, um, you know, he's not super old yet. I think Keuchel is what, 30, 31 years old at Angel Stadium. He's got a lot of experience. He started there 12 times. In those 12 starts, he's 8-1 with a 3.26 ERA and a 1.11 whip. Um, he's been even better. Those numbers are even better in Houston, in Seattle, and in Oakland. He has struggled with Texas, but their stadium's changing. Maybe it's going to be more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark. I think this is a spot, a unique spot, where Dallas Keuchel could really thrive. Yeah, wow. Uh, I think that's a great deep dive. And to be honest with you, with the exceptions of maybe like Oakland or Tampa Bay, you know what I mean? Those cavernous stadiums. I, I don't necessarily see a better fantasy fit for Dallas Keuchel than the LA angels. Yeah. I just, I think it's such a layup for them. Um, just throw him a contract, give him that three or four year deal, which may seem like a big commitment, but for guys like this, it's really not these guys in their young thirties who don't rely on velocity. I have no problem with them throwing him that kind of contract. You know, the, the FIP and XFIP suggested he wasn't quite as good as he appeared for the Braves, which admittedly wasn't even that great to begin with. I think he had a 3.75 ERA with them. 
Um, but I, I'd just love to see him go to the Angels. I think he's still got, uh, got you know, some years to give here um, as a quality pitcher, and they could certainly use it um, with Heaney, Otani, Canning, and Bundy. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at a guy like Kyle Hendricks, and it's pretty easy to see that uh, those ground ball pitchers that don't really pitch with a lot of velocity or with a lot of spin rate, those guys can, you know, stretch their careers out a little bit longer. Yeah, so that was mine for Keiko. Who do you got up next in your year four? Uh, my next is another pitcher, but a, re- a relief pitcher, um, and that's Dellen Batances. We've been hearing a lot of news on Dellen Batances lately. Um, rumors flying around about the Mets, um, uh, you know, and my and um, who else? I believe was rumored to. Yeah, the Mets. Mets were the biggest one because they dumped all that Cespedes money, so they were looking to bolster up their bullpen. And you know, there's a tweet that came out. It was like, could you imagine Edwin Diaz, Seth Lugo, Dellen Batances, and um, trying to think of who the other who the fourth was but it's just like you know it's a stacked bullpen if you look at it that's pretty great um so but my fit for Batances is actually not the Mets it's with a division rival and that's with the Phillies um who is also rumored to be in pursuit of of Batances but the reason why I like it for Batances the most is because what it could do to his fantasy value obviously they have Hector Neris in there Neris had a really really nice season all things um, considered last season but his FIP and his ex-FIP were both over three his ERA was you know, just uh, eyelash under three, which make makes it look more appealing than it actually is, I think, to a lot of people. Um, and, you know, he's just prone to blow-ups, man. I don't think we're seeing David Robertson. I didn't realize how late into the season he had Tommy John, but I don't think we see him at all. So I think that Patances, if he goes into Philly and he shows up, um, the stuff that he had before his most recent injury, I, I think that he could take that um, closer's job and run with it. Yeah, that's a great call. Um, and, you know, there's there's debates in the past about do you want relievers on teams that um, are going to be maybe lower in the standings because they're going to win their games by shorter margins? That argument's kind of nonsense. So the fact that you'd be going to a, the Phillies, a team I think people have a lot of expectations for, I think that would be a great opportunity for him fantasy-wise, like the point you were making there. And I would agree with that. I don't think they're married to the idea of Hector Neris at all. Um, I could be wrong, but I think they took the, the role from him a couple of times. And granted, that was a different manager as well that was using Neris. Um, Gabe Kapler seemed to be sort of rotating there, and everybody was getting hurt, so he was just running out of options like Sir Anthony Dominguez and um, uh, oh, the one of the, David Robertson. So, yeah, uh, I think that's I mean, this is a guy with a 177 ERA plus since entering the league in 2011. Um, he's, he's a beast. So if he can get that back. Now, he did have some serious injuries. Um, I mean, w- w- was it his – Achilles tendon? Did he tear his Achilles last year? I think that's what it was after some shoulder injuries or something. Um, I don't know about the shoulder injury prior, but I do know that last year it was the Achilles. Okay. It was was just a bunch of things here and there, it seems, sort of like Stanton. Um, That's a great call. I'd love to see uh, Betances tearing up that NL East. Just get him off the Yankees, which it it looks like is going to be the case. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great fantasy fit, obviously, and I do think it's a great uh, real MLB fit. And also, you know, he didn't need surgery last year. He had a second opinion, and it was found out that he didn't require surgery. So who knows? Hopefully he yeah, gets back to where he was. Yeah, I'm not even really necessarily worried about the Achilles, as long as it's not his arm, you know. And I forgot, you know, this is his former manager. Joe Girardi's in Philly, uh, Philadelphia now, and Girardi did use Batances as a closer for a little bit of time. Um, and more importantly, maybe, is Girardi liked to commit to one guy as the closer, even though he had a ton of great options in that bullpen. He liked to commit to guys. 
Um, so if he commits to Batances, I think that's going to be, that's going to be awesome for his fantasy value. Real sneaky pick there. Uh, if he ends up in Philly, good call. Definitely. So, uh, my next one, I, I, what's that? I was just going to say, how about you? Who's next up for you? So I, I had a hard time deciding with Josh Donaldson on if I wanted him to go to the Diamondbacks or to the Rangers. Um, both of these teams are clearly going for it, right? Arizona came out of nowhere with the Bumgarner move on that same day. Texas trades for Corey Kluber. Um, and they're a team that's going into a new stadium, so they're going to want to sell out. So you bring in a former Cy Young Award winner and a former MVP. I mean, that's one way to put butts in seats. That's not necessarily why I want it to happen, but I think it's a reason that could make it happen. The Rangers definitely need a bat. I mean, if you go to their depth chart on uh, on their website, right now it says Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is their third baseman. I don't know if that's something that's going to stick. Um, it might make more sense for the Diamondbacks just because the Rangers' top prospect, Josh Jung, uh, who's got an ETA of 2021, according to MLB.com, uh, is a third baseman, and Willie Calhoun kind of figures to be their future DH, so there might not be as much room for Donaldson there. Um, but I feel like for a player like Josh Donaldson, particularly if you're going for it, you kind of make that room. Um, why trade for Kluber or sign Bumgarner if you're not going to go for it and, and maybe be willing to extend yourself for a guy like Donaldson and give him that four year deal? Capitalize on the situation. Um, these are two young teams who can not only afford it, they, they can afford it. They've, they've got a lot of space between now and the luxury tax. And I know these are two teams that we don't really associate with even getting close to the luxury tax. But, you know, Arizona has shown their willingness to give big contracts with the Grinky one. And certainly Texas uh, bringing in, you know, the $18 million Kluber. Um, there'd be a welcome addition, uh, a playoff experienced former MVP to lead the clubhouse with those other veterans. I mean, both these teams are pretty young. So imagine just Josh Donaldson getting plugged in the middle of a lineup with Joey Gallo and Willie Calhoun or getting plugged in a lineup with, uh, you know, the up and coming Cattell Marte. I think, think about like what JD Martinez did for the young core of the Red Sox, right? I mean, that was like, oh, the Red Sox should have got Stanton. You know, it's too bad they got Martinez, this injury-prone guy, blah, 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 blah. Sort of a same stigma that Donaldson has. But Martinez came in and was a leader for the young Red Sox and brought them to a World Series. Not saying the same exact thing would happen here, and obviously neither of these two teams have as much talent as the Red Sox did. Um, but still, I think it's kind of a similar situation where you're clearly going for it. You have an opening. Um, Arizona definitely has a, can make room at third base. Um, so why not Go for it. Grab Josh Donaldson and, and really make a run here. Yeah, I mean, I like that. I have Arizona and Texas as two of my like dream destinations for my next two guys who are both hitters. So I, I can completely agree with you. I think that they need to add some hitting both those teams to back up the recent uh, pitching moves that they, you know, both both went out and got. Right. I mean, you know. You could say like some of those guys are young, right? Like Gallo's obviously young and Calhoun is young. So your window, maybe you're thinking is open a while, but Kluber, Lynn and Miner are no spring chickens. So let's go for it. Go for it right now. Give, give Gallo and, and some of those other guys a reason to stay. Show that you're, you're willing to go for the, for the World Series. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I think both of those teams need to commit to somebody. Right. Definitely. Um, so who was your, uh, who was your second? No, third guy. So my third guy is um, Edwin Encarnacion, who still has not signed and has kind of been flying under the radar a little bit. Um, I have him. My dream destination is actually with the Rangers as well. Um, I like Ronald Guzman, but I don't know if he's exactly 
ready to play every single day. And I would love, 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 love just to see Joey Gallo go back to first base. I think that we would all breathe like a collective sigh of relief if he got out of the outfield um, and if he could just play through an entire year um, healthy. I think that that would be just great for the Rangers, great for Gallo, great for fantasy owners, great for uh, baseball. Um, and like you said, you know, they have uh, – what's his name listed as – first base or third base Kiner Falepa. So yeah, there's yeah. definitely an opening somewhere, right? Like you move some of these guys around, maybe Gallo actually goes to third, who knows? Or maybe Guzman takes over third. Um, who, who knows? I don't know, but I would like to see Edwin go to um, the Rangers because they do need another power bat. Um, they've got Shin, Shinsu Chu as their DH, but we, we know he plays the outfield as well. And if Gallo moves over to first, then maybe he takes the outfield spot. And then Edwin Encarnacion is their full-time DH. I think that he needs to go to an American League park. I think that we all expect him to sign with an American League team. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I don't know if he's got much in the tank for first base. But, you know, he could also take first base when Gallo wants to DH or if he needs a rest day. Same with Chu. They've got a lot of, like, older hitters as well as the younger hitters that I think would benefit from taking rests. So why not add another one with Encarnacion and just have another 40 homer bat in your lineup? Yeah, I mean, in a, in a way, isn't that kind of what, what they did with Hunter Pence? I mean, Hunter Pence earned his way there, but it was just like, all right, I guess we've got a little bit of depth, but we've got this veteran who can kind of lighten the load. And, I mean, obviously he was on fire and he played his way. He earned his playing time. It wasn't just like, a, well, we have depth, so play this guy. Um, but it, it, it's a move that I guess has a little bit of precedent, I would agree. You know, I think Edwin's definitely going to stay in the American League. I thought I read this morning. I can't even remember, and it was just this morning. <laughs> Um, that he wasn't really considering National League teams. Um, and, of course, that's the case, right? He's going to be at his best in the American League, um, DHing most days, but I guess playing a little bit at first. You know, you make a good point with Gallo. You know, anything to maybe get him back in the infield could be could be helpful. What concerns me, though, with Gallo is just his swing. It is such a violent, violent, hard swing that I'm worried about his wrists, and that's obviously what caught up to him last year at the hamate bone, um, that same injury that Olsen had. And also, obviously, Olsen's power came back, so hopefully Gallo's will. And I don't mean to go on some tirade there uh, off topic, but I'm, I like it. I mean, Texas and Arizona, looking at these two teams, like, come on, let, let's keep pushing here. Don't just make this, these random moves and then stop keep bringing in players uh, and getting better. Yeah. And I, you know, to give us, cause the Rangers thing would be a little bit of a stretch. I do believe it's just that I would really like to see him in that lineup. That's why I said it, but I think a more realistic landing spot might be your Red Sox. Obviously they um, have a little bit of a hole at first base there. Obviously, um, I don't know if they're committed to Moreland or Pierce or either of them anymore. Um, and if they got Edwin Encarnacion, is there any reason to think that they can't compete? Uh, I don't think there's any reason they can't compete now. If they can't compete, exactly. it's just because the Yankees are so good. Um, and yeah. Edwin has been a guy that has just killed them. Edwin has been killing the Red Sox since I've been in high school. So it, it, I would love to see him finally donning a Red Sox jersey. The problem with the Red Sox is, again, it's money. They're trying so hard to get under the luxury tax, and it better be because they want to reset and then commit a massive contract to Mookie Betts. It better not be because ownership is cheaping out on the fans. Um, that's the only thing I could see that, that would make this a little hairy. With Peraza now in the picture, I think that sort of cements Chavis at first base, but Chavis's advanced numbers, his stat cast data, really wouldn't suggest that he was as good as he first looked when he got the call last year. So maybe he is kind of like an insurance plan um, there at first base. Edwin could be, but um, 
Yeah, I love the idea. I'd love to see Edwin come to the Red Sox. But again, I think it's going to come down to money for them, which it never should. But here we are. But here's the thing. If they do end up finding a way to move price, they could sign Edwin to a one-year deal. And then after that, they'll have money left over for Mookie. That would be awesome. I mean, and that's that's the dream scenario right now. But, you know, I keep clamoring trade price, trade price, trade price. I just, all of a sudden, if you trade – David Price and now Rick Porcello's on another team, you know, after sale and, and Eduardo Rodriguez and sale had his own problems last year. It is a really ugly situation. Um, but, you know, maybe we get a bounce back from Nate Evaldi and, and Martin Perez isn't the worst pitcher in baseball. You know, we'll see. Um, but definitely, yeah, they move price, then they could, yeah, throw a one year deal towards Edwin. Great. And then how about who do you got next? So next for me uh, was Nick Castellanos, uh, and I want him to go to the Cardinals. Um, Ozuna is leaving quite a hole. I, I, for some reason, I thought the Cardinals offense was a little bit better, was, was going to be okay without Ozuna. Um, but when I was looking at the depth chart, I was like, actually, I don't know about that. Now, the one tricky thing uh, is the Dexter Fowler disaster of a contract. Um, that one is bad because they're going to have Bader in center. And I think they finally want to play Tyler O'Neill a little bit consistently. Um, and then you've got Dexter Fowler in right field where I would like to maybe put Castellanos. I don't know. Castellanos is no, uh, you know, great glovesman. That's for sure. But we're talking about a guy who's just 28 years old. Um, and he's not even 28 yet. He's going to be 28 when the season starts 16 homers. 21 doubles, a 320 average in just 51 games for the Cubs. When he got there, he took off. So stay in the division. He's got a very low soft contact rate, a 121 WRC plus. Steamers projecting for him 27 homers and 91 RBI. He's kind of a low-key potential stud that I think fits their window really well. You know, you brought in Goldschmidt. Um, you've got Yadi Molina, Miles Michaelis, all guys over 30 who are kind of your key pieces uh, in many regards. So bring in Castellanos, who's just entering his prime, um, and get after it. The, the one problem with this is, you know, and, you know, I'd love to see them ride the momentum of last year's division win, by the way. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. Um, but the one problem is Spotrack per- projects that they might have just a little over 20 million in cap space. Um, and unless Carlos Martinez is starting again, and even if he is, they still kind of need a fifth starter behind uh, Dakota Hudson, Flaherty, um, Michaelis, and uh, who am I missing there? Wainwright. Wayne. Probably. Yeah. yeah Wainwright. Um, so they still have other needs, but I am worried about their offense without Ozuna. And I think Castellanos could be a great replacement uh, for Ozuna there. Yeah, I agree. Cassianos hits both righties and lefties really, really well. So I think that he's going to be a really good prize for some team. Yeah, he's just sort of flying under the radar, it feels like. Um, kind of him and Ozuna a little bit. Like the the momentum hasn't really picked up or they're not really being treated, at least by the media, as, as good as they are, I think. I mean, we forget how good Ozuna was before his injury last year. He was fantastic. And then that year that Stanton hit like a bajillion home runs for the Marlins and won the MVP – um, Ozuna was also awesome that year, I believe. So he's another guy. I, I think that's a big hole that the Cardinals are going to have. It's, it's kind of getting overlooked and I think Castellanos could fill it. Yeah. Um, uh, with Ozuna specifically dude, 2017, he hit 312 with 37 homers, 93 runs, 124 RBIs. And he did it all with an over 20% strikeout rate. So it doesn't even matter that he's striking out. He could post 
you know, those numbers anywhere. Yeah. And 20% striker rate is getting to the point where like, fine, you know, whatever, at least for fantasy yeah. purposes, like you're, you're, as long as you're a great hitter and you're putting up numbers, then, then fine strikeout. And I think that's yeah, the way definitely. hitters are approaching it too. For sure. So uh, who was your fourth? My last one is Ozuna. So um, yeah, good segue, Perfect. obviously. Um, had a terrible, terrible season last year in just comparison to his other seasons. Um, his batted ball luck was some of the worst, or actually the worst of his career. Uh, his batted at 259. Um, and the 243 average really reflected that. But he still hit you know, 29 home runs in 130 games also. So he had a quick little IL stint, if I'm not mistaken. Had yeah, 80 runs. Hurt. Yeah, 80 runs, 89 RBIs, 12 steals, actually. Even that was the most of his career. That's kind of an impressive number now that I'm looking at it. He's never posted a steal season over five in his MLB career. And last season, he had 12. So that's another exciting reason to, you know, possibly be invested in this guy. I see him fitting in with the Diamondbacks. Um, right now on the Diamondbacks depth chart, they have Kettle, Mata- Kettle Marte playing center field and second base. So I don't think that that's going to happen. Um if Cattell Marte moves over to second base, then that obviously opens up an outfield spot. But if he stays in the outfield, I don't think that they're – they also have Josh Rojas listed in right field, who they do like. I know the organization likes him quite a bit. And actually, even in fantasy, I know that he's um, kind of listed as a sleeper in some places. But his primary position in the minors was second base. So that opens up the other outfield spot. So regardless of where you play these guys, you have a need at outfield. Um I think, you know, after the, like you said, with the Madison Bumgarner signing, go out and get a guy that people want to get excited about. I have a feeling Ozuna is kind of going to be in that class of like taking a one or two year deal just to kind of prove that he can be himself again. He's only 29 years old. So if he can have a stellar season, he'll earn a massive contract somewhere next year, next year. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really is too bad that, I mean, it looked like he was having that dream year where he would get absolutely paid. And then he did, uh, he did fall to injury. It was such a bummer for my team in wild West. One of the leagues that Chris and I play in um, where it's a weekly lineup and it's 16 teams deep dynasty. So trying to replace a bat that was playing as well as Ozuna is brutal. Um, the one thing with Arizona is I'm interested to see what they do with Jake lamb. And, you know, we've brought him up in the past as a potential threat to Christian Walker. If Christian Walker gets off to a slow start or, you know, maybe Jake lamb comes back, pushes Escobar to second and plays third. Um, I am pretty sure it was shoulder injury with lamb. So I don't know if they want him thrown from third to first, but my point being, if lamb comes back, pushes Marte into the outfield, maybe that opening isn't there, but if you're the diamondbacks and you're going for it now, go get Ozuna and put Rojas on the bench. Like who cares at that point, whether there's an opening or not, Marcelo Ozuna would be this team's second best hitter, in my opinion, behind Cattell Marte. So go get him. I'm, I'm with you. Come on, diamondbacks. Let's, let's keep it going. Let's challenge the Dodgers in that division. Yeah. And even if they did somehow, you know what I mean? Even if lamb and crone or whatever, you know, they vie for third base and then, and Walker cements himself at first. Like, I don't know if they're a hundred percent in on Josh Rojas. That's just speculation. So it's like, you know, you're going to tell me that some team is going to pass up Ozuna because of Josh Rojas. I don't think so. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, And, you know, Rojas only 138 at bats last year. So, and he hit, 217 so uh, go get ozuna go get ozuna backs yes um so my final guy was yasio puig um who's been linked to a couple different teams um most recently i believed he was linked to the marlins um 
I have a spot for him that people are going to roll their eyes and say, that team will never do that. But I want to see Yasiel Pui go to the Oakland Athletics. Um, I mean, how awesome would it be to see Yasiel Puig and Ramon Laureano in the outfield throwing bombs to the catcher? Like, if you're on third base and the ball is hit to the outfield, you better make sure that thing is dropping. Because, uh, man, if you're tagging up and trying to score on either one of those guys, good luck. But jokes aside, I mean, the Angels and the Rangers have improved. And Oakland's made the playoffs, obviously, recently last year, I believe two years ago as well. So if they want to continue this upward trajectory, um, Go get your hands on Yasio Puig. All Oakland has really done is gotten rid of a good bullpen piece in, in Blake Trinan, whereas the, the rest of the division seems to have improved, other than the Astros, who are still the Astros, just without the best pitcher in baseball, but still really good. Um, I mean, look at their their centerpieces on offense, right? Their young core pieces, I think most of us would agree, are Chapman, Olsen, and Loriano. Chapman and Olsen are not unrestricted free agents until 2024. Loriano not until 2025. Now, Semyon and Hendricks, Liam Hendricks, are unrestricted free agents after this season. They're most likely not going to bring one of the, either of them back. Definitely not going to bring both of them back. So go for it this year. Go get Yasio Puig. They don't have to worry about their pitching. Uh, in the rotation, uh, Fires, Bassett, Manaya, Montas, you know, those four all had stretches last year where they looked really, really good. And they've always, obviously got A.J. Puck, Lazardo, and possibly James Caprielian on the way um i say continue the momentum you've built these last couple of years go get yasio puig stick him in that outfield um and have some momentum uh this year leading into the new ballpark in 2023 and you don't want to lose like we want to see oakland on the rise right like the money ball story is nice but it would also be nice if there was just more teams in baseball that could spend money like the red sox the cubs the yankees etc there's no reason oakland should have a payroll of like $30 million. And I know it's not that low, but you know what I mean. With the new ballpark coming in a few years, have momentum, fill those seats with butts because of how good you were the last couple of years because you got players like Yasiel Puig and you really tried to win. Yeah, man. Oh, I can't stop thinking about Puig and Loriano in the outfield. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I just love to watch them play catch from like 600 yards away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just got to like <laughs> practice every day and just watch. <laughs> that, that would be uh, that would be incredible. I remember that time Vlad threw a ball from like left field into the right field bleachers or something like that. There's another arm that would be uh, fun if we could build a time machine, a nice outfield of Puig, Vlad, and Loriano. Maybe mix in a little Ichiro here and there, and Yoannis Cespedes. Hey man, why not a little Bellinger too? That dude had like an amazing defensive war last year. <laughs> And it, we can't, hey, we can't leave out Jackie Bradley Jr. It's the one thing that he does is field well. So, very true. Very true. So, we've gone through our eight free agents. We gave you our uh, preferred destinations, not necessarily predictions, but definitely our preferred. And we each came up with some trade scenarios. I came up with one, Chris came up with two. So, Chris, why don't you lay us, uh, lay us out with your first trade? uh idea trade fantasy idea not necessarily fantasy baseball i don't want to mislead you with that but like this is our dream scenario not necessarily a prediction so it's kind of like one and a half because it's already been rumored a lot and um i'm also a big dodger fan so this is like a homer call but lindor to the dodgers please god andrew friedman just for once in your life make a trade if it doesn't work out then you know what just go be a hermit retire do whatever take your money get out of here but if it works <laughs> You will be the king of Los Angeles. Um, Lindor is just like a once 
every couple of years guy. Like we never saw this power and this hit hit, hit um sorry this hit tool. We never figured it would surface, but it did. And God, he's just a mega stud. Um, the package would have to include Gavin Lux. I think that there's no way around that, but just do it. Do it for your fans. Do it for these guys who had to sit through two World Series and see nothing happen except cheating and disappointment. And um, just, like, go after the guy. Like, I think that if you put Lux in there, like, they'll work a deal around it. You know what I mean? If you don't want to give up May, you don't have to give up May. Give up a lesser arm like Maeda or Stripling. I don't know. Um, maybe not even Maeda, but Stripling would be ideal, I think, to just like kind of shove in that package. And then also just throw him Jack Peterson. You know what I mean? You got Alex Verdugo. Who cares? I think that Cleveland would work a deal around Lux, but I don't think that they work a deal if he's not included. That's definitely been the rumor lately, because I was just reading an article from uh, USA Today that was talking about just that and that um, the Dodgers apparently are completely unwilling to deal Lux, not only for Lindor, but in a potential package for Mookie Betts. Um, so they seem pretty attached to him, but I'm with you. I mean, if you could have Lindor and Bellinger in your lineup, Oh my goodness. Um, that's not a bad consolation prize for missing out on those top three free agents that they were all in on. Right. Um, you know, your Cole, your Strasburg, your Rendon, the daughters didn't get any of them. So they're hungry. Um, it'd be interesting to see them pick up a player like Lindor. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the more, you know, not necessarily unrealistic, but one that's kind of just out of the blue is I want to see this trade happen between the Cincinnati Reds and the Boston Red Sox, where the Red Sox do give them price. I think if you had a rotation of Bauer, Castillo, Sonny Gray, um, David Price, and then Wade Miley, who wasn't even that bad last year, that would just utterly dominate other NL pitching staffs. Like they're already, I think on the tops um, kind of low key in terms of rotations in the NL, but that would just cement them as one of the absolute best rotations in baseball. Um, and I would love to see, uh, you know, I know that like they're not going to get a lot back for price because of that contract, like you were saying earlier, but if they could find another player that wouldn't really like kill them to include, but that could bring back Nick Senzel and they moved Senzel to his original second bla- second base um, position. I just, I love that deal for the Red Sox. I think having like, you know, Senzel, Benintendi, Mookie, Bogarts, JD, like, my God, what that could do for that lineup. Yeah, you know, maybe that's where a Bobby Dahl back or, um, you know, a guy who hits the ball harder, you know, as hard as Pete Alonzo, but um, strikes out a million times a game. Um, or even a Michael Chavis, maybe that's where that comes into play. I do think a place like Cincinnati could be perfect for David Price at this point in his career. I mean, he clearly has his issues in the spotlight, even after the playoff success in 2018, you know, big games against the Yankees last year, he just crumbled. Um, And that would obviously be ideal for the Red Sox, even if they weren't able to get a player of Senzel's caliber back in return, just to get rid of the contract so they can begin to, restart kickstart the negotiations with Mookie Betts on a potential extension which you know I'm I'm in favor of yeah definitely you know I honestly wouldn't even see like wouldn't even mind price on the Dodgers I don't know why everybody's so hesitant on price I know the contract's large but like damn man like he could make a I guess that's true too yeah he is kind of in the you know the later phases injury prone but like you think about adding him to some of the elite starting rotations and it's just like it puts everybody over the edge i think right but I, I think it's just like yes in a vacuum if we're just looking at david price the pitcher like all right sure you know he's he's past his prime but he still has a lot to give you just combine the contract with 
Um, sort of, I, I don't think teams are ignoring kind of the troubles that he's been rumoring to cause within the clubhouse and the Red Sox. And then finally add in, um, you know, the injuries. So the contract, the injuries and the kind of distractions that he has caused, but for what it's worth, his teammates love him. They say he's a great teammate. So maybe that second thing is thrown out the window, but definitely the contract and the injury situation. I think what was big for him though, was proving he can pitch in the playoffs in 2018. So, you know, if teams keep that in mind, like, all right, you know, he was beat up by injuries last year. The Red Sox were kind of out of it. So maybe they wanted to just rest him a little bit um, and not risk their their huge investment for games that were becoming meaningless pretty quickly. And maybe, you know, they're they're able to uh, to get a taker on him. The Reds would definitely be uh, an interesting landing spot or, like you said, even the Dodgers. Yeah, for sure. I think somebody should make a deal for him. It wouldn't be the first time that the Dodgers bailed the Red Sox out of a terrible contract. So <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, um, so my, uh, I only came up with one trade idea that I really want to see, uh, again, it's not a prediction, but it's one that I would love to see. And that is Noah Syndergaard straight up for Carlos Correa. Um, I think they're kind of similar. Both players come with injury risks. Their salaries pretty much match up. Uh, I think Syndergaard is maybe 9 million and Correa is 7 million this year then both of them are arbitration eligible next year, and then both of them are unrestricted free agents in 2022. So you're pretty much in the same scenario with either player. From the Astros' perspective, um, he could be a potential Cole replacement. The last time the Astros dealt for a struggling ace trying to recover uh, back to past glory, he turned into the best pitcher in baseball um, in Garrett Cole. Noah Syndergaard, similar to Cole with Pittsburgh, got off to a great start as a Met. And then last year, it was so weird. It was just it was just not good. Um, it was not the dominance that we typically expect from Noah Syndergaard. Also, from Houston's perspective, Bregman's got a lot of shortstop experience, and they have Abraham Toro, a third baseman, coming up the ranks, one of their top prospects. It'd be a pretty easy slide Bregman to shortstop, put Toro at third base situation. They wouldn't skip a beat, maybe, offensively. Um, they, Lord knows they've proven they can hit without Correa in the lineup because he has missed so much time. If you look at it from the Mets perspective, you've already got a rotation. Let's say you take out DeGrom. I'm sorry, not take out DeGrom. Let's say you take out Syndergaard. You've still got a rotation of DeGrom, Stroman, Mats, Waka, and now Porcello. Um, maybe you take Rosario at shorts because I know there's a little bit of a crowded infield situation with the Mets because, you know, you've already got Jed Lowry who's going to be trying to vying for playing time. McNeil might go – McNeil's there because there's no room already in the outfield. So they got some – good depth problems uh, to put it that way. But you know what? Carlos Correa is just a, a much, much, much better player than Ahmed Rosario. So move our uh, uh, Rosario over to second base and start putting on, putting some pressure on the old Robinson Cano for playing time. And then if you look at the heart of their lineup, it creates some nice balance. You know, those managers that love the lefty, righty, lefty, righty switch. Well, Alonzo and Correa would both be righties. And then you've got Conforto and McNeil and your lefties. I just think this deal makes a lot of sense. I think it's a need for both teams. I think Houston's going to struggle to find a replacement for the best pitcher in baseball. And I think what's been holding the Mets back is their offense stinks and doesn't get wins for their pitchers. You can blame it on the bullpen as well, but I kind of expect Edwin Diaz to bounce back. Um, I want to see the Mets bring in another star hitter and Carlos Correa fits the bill. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that that trade is a plausible trade and, I like it for sure. And don't be offended when I say this. I pray to everything that that does not happen because Carlos Correa and Mets just <laughs> reeks of spoiled career. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe Jose Reyes had a, had a nice career with the Mets and granted he eventually got traded and 
was pretty good for the Blue Jays and Marlins before being ruined by injuries. Um, I think he, he could be the type of talent, though, that despite the stigma that comes with the Mets, just is a stud. You know, we were talking about him in our shortstop rankings, how he's still just 25 years old. Uh, he's still a former number one overall pick who has all-star experience, won a World Series, had some great seasons, even though he still hasn't had that 25-homer year. He's still only 25 years old. Um, so it is kind of a lot to give up for a pitcher who struggled last year. But, um, man, to just what a cure for the Astros that would be if they could not only trade for Syndergaard, have him the next two years, but maybe even extend him with, as we've talked about, uh, Verlander and Greinke, obviously getting a lot older. Could be big for them. Uh, Syndergaard, Whitley uh, leading their rotation in the years of the future. Yeah, and, you know, I just looked up the fact that Ahmed Rosario is only one year younger than Carlos Correa. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, yeah. We've been hearing about Correa and Seager forever, and they're both still so young. Um, yeah. Again, like I said, Correa, younger than Francisco Lindor. Wild. Yeah, really crazy. But uh, that wraps it up for me, Chris. You got anything you want to add before we sign out? No, nah, man, just like Dodgers, please just stop looking anemic <laughs> this offseason. I love Trinan, don't get me wrong. And oh, my hot take for the 2020 season is that Blake Trinan and Kenley Jansen end with the exact same amount of saves next season. So um, that, that's so pretty bold. Take. So yeah. one of them's not going to have one more. They're going to have the same exact number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's All like right, my it's on tape now. Crazy bold prediction, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. I mean, Trinan's obviously super talented. Uh, and Jansen is clearly on in the twilight of his career. Maybe not twilight. It might be an exaggeration, but on the downswing of his career. So, hey, I like it. I think that's a pretty uh, pretty bold, but good call. And you know what? I like even if Jansen's healthy. Like I still don't know if the Dodgers don't use Trinan sometimes. Like I just was listening to MLB Network, and I didn't realize, but like it makes perfect sense for the Dodgers to go get Trinan. They have Jansen with this amazing cutter, and then they have Trinan, the sinker ball um, pitcher. Can you imagine trying to go like? back-to-back against those guys, you'd find no rhythm. They're exact opposite pitchers. Yeah, that'd be pretty brutal. Um, you know, they did just fork over a bajillion dollars to Joe Kelly, who's, you know, going to be a, ideally a part of that. He was terrible last year, coming in throwing 101 miles an hour. So just to just to mix it up even more. Um, and Trinan should get every save opportunity in Colorado when the Dodgers are visiting. So, um, you know, there, there's definitely some value there, regardless of how that situation ends up. Yeah, definitely. I would not be, um, you know, eager to take Kenley early next year. I just don't want anything to do with early closers. Nothing to do yeah. with them. Nothing to do with them, especially now these hater rumors to the Yankees. He's never going to see a save again. Like I just, I'm, I'm out on closers. I will, I will get them when they fall to me. Yes. Yep. That's our biggest recommendation for closers. Uh, yeah. Just don't draft them. Again, over 80 <laughs> pitchers had a save last year over 80 that's nuts ridiculous all right well folks thanks for listening this is pitch count signing off see you later chris see you later see you later guys